<laughs> it would be a war spot, eh? Hello, hello. Sorry about that. So I just played twice in a row, guys. Sorry about that. Hello, hello, hello. And welcome to this week's episode of Wolves Fancast. Richard Hobbs here, apparently clicking too many buttons at once because I'm so gosh darn excited to talk about Wolves 2, Everton 1. I'm not too so excited that I can't mention we're part of the 90 Min Football Podcast Network, of course. Joining me today to talk about Wolves... <laughs> win yet again i've got blake and kim how are we both today Good, yeah doing you. well yeah can't yeah, complain so. after a win there's nothing 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 to complain about it's great i was gonna say yeah. like we, we we spoke just before <laughs> um you know occasionally we do plan what we're going to talk about on the show and so like you know usually we're a bit analytical critical not not probably not quite well like examine what goes on in a game well, actually, it's it's overwhelming, overwhelmingly positive this week. Um, there's a few bits we'll kind of crack into, um, you know, that probably weren't as great, particularly kind of second half. Don't worry, we're going to talk about Raul Jimenez's facial hair, but I'll, I'll, we'll make sure there's a dedicated slot in, slot in the running order and work out which fan casting could pull it off the best. But until we get to that part in the running order... Um, Let's go to starting lineup. I mean, again, it, it helps that we're winning, and you know we started off like a freight train on Monday night. But were we all kind of happy with the starting lineup? I mean, I think Neves coming back in was screaming for that. Uh, obviously, didn't start against Leeds through injury. Eight Nori um, again played with Marcel out injured, and and, and then Trincao. Um, Trincao coming in for Traore. Um, Blake, were you, were you kind of happy with, I'll say, the two main changes? Yeah, I mean, I don't really think they were that surprising in the end. Um, Trincao, I mean, he's he's shown potential and I think it made sense to drop him when we did and now we bring him back in to see what he can do. And it was unfortunate that he couldn't find a goal, but, I mean, he played his heart out. and Yeah, I mean, it wasn't... I think it was just fine. Yeah, I mean, it was really not that surprising. Yeah. No, I completely agree. I think it sort of seems like we've kind of gone back to it just being nice and steady now, um, which is which is exactly what you want. Kim, were you sort of satisfied with the starting lineup as well? Well, I will say at this point, when the starting lineups came out, I was quite a few cocktails in um, for the game. <laughs> so I can't say I had a lot of thought when I saw the lineup, but I will say sort of after the event, I suppose I wasn't surprised, as you guys have said. Um, I think Ain't Nori had to keep his place. And I'm just looking, Marcel wasn't on the bench, so I presume he was still injured. But I think either way, Ain't Nori had done enough, hadn't he, um, in terms of his Leeds performance, he looked positive. And I thought in terms of, you know, the fullbacks were going to be critical um, in this game. So I was pleased to see him start. Obviously, Neves was always going to come back in. You know, Dendonka didn't do great against Leeds. And I think it really showed that we struggled with um, without Neves against Leeds. So he was, even before the game, you just knew Neves was going to be be vital to us, really. Um, and then, obviously, Trincao. I was convinced that Trincao was going to start purely because it feels like Bruno almost trusts him. Um, so, personally, it's a bit of a toss-up, I think, between Pedence, Traore and Trincao at the moment for that thought, sort of third spot. Um, but, obviously, it paid off because I think, in the end, he did okay, and I'm sure we'll get into it in a, in a, in a moment. But, yeah, I... I as, as I said, I don't think there was many complaints for any Wolves fans from the the start. You know, if if you're going to be picky, you could say Troy or Troy or I could have started, but I can understand why why Trink, Trinkow got the net nod ahead of him. Yeah, um, same to be honest. I mean, but how we started the game that first, about pretty much the entire forty five minutes, um, it it was phenomenal. 
Like, mm-hmm. I can't remember. I was going to say the last time I saw Wolves play with that. Almost aggression. Like, they, they just mm-hmm. picked Everton apart like, like they were nothing. And, I mean, considering Everton's sort of recent defeat to, to Watford, where they kind of got, you know, handed to them, I kind of assumed they'd be very stalwart, particularly away from home, and, you know, not, not want to give anything up. But they were just... I couldn't quite work out whether it was just Everton were awful or Wolves were bloody brilliant, but... You know. I think it was a bit of both, wasn't it? Yeah. It was a bit of both. Um, and I think it was clear that it was almost like a different team from what we've seen the last couple of games where we, we were going slightly too defensive for my liking. And we just came out and I don't think they knew what had hit them. Albeit, though, that they were really poor, like literally couldn't string two passes together, could they? I mean... Yeah, it, it it was like everything that they were bad at, we were we just excelled in. Um, you know, the amount yeah. of space they had between each, you know, between the defence and the midfield. You know, they didn't know where to pick up. But at the same time, ju- just the interplay and the movement from the likes of Jimenez and Huang and Trincao as well, yeah, yeah, ju- just to find those pockets of space and everyone just moving for one another. It was it was glorious. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, it was a shame um, that, well, initially I thought we thought Wolves had taken the lead um, via Huang because it was it would have been a magnificent goal, um, but it then got pulled back for pulled back for offside. I mean, it was it, it wasn't by much. Yes, I know it was offside, and I was really anxious at this point because we we'd obviously had the, you know large amount of possession. We'd had chances. So I think at that point, Pickford had already made a couple of really good saves. I think he had mm-hmm. that one from Neves from the corner. I think that was before the Huang um, disallowed goal. And then I thought, you know what? This is going to be the point where they get their act together. And, you know, everything go, okay, right. We, we've played poorly. And then they just start to work their way back into the game. I mean... Uh, in the stands, guys, we, we, I was going to say, yet another sort of bitterly disappointing to kind of have the have the triumphant celebrations to then just get knocked down, despite the fact it was a correct decision. Sadly, I yeah. almost forgot. I almost forgot that VAR was a thing at that point, and was mm. celebrating crazily, and then was like, "Oh no, not again!" Which actually, my experience then after all the the other two goals that were goals, then I was a bit worried in, in terms of actually celebrating, which is kind of annoying. Um, but as you say, I think the, it's quite disappointing because obviously after all that play, we'd finally put the ball in the net. And then, you know, great flick by Raul, great finish as well, which by Huang. And then, as you say, Rich, it's like it's not going to be one of those days again, is it, where we're just, you know, almost steamrolling them but still haven't scored. And, and obviously that wasn't the case. But I think, yeah, um, there was also a Trincao shot as well that was yeah. heading top corner. That was really unlucky as well from him. So I think we were, we were at least we were creating chances, whereas I think... At, in some of the games previous that we dominated, we weren't really creating clear-cut chances, whereas I think that first half, we did generally create quite a a few clear-cut chances. Not to mention, how many times have we seen it when a decision through VAR has gone Wolves, well, gone against Wolves, and then we just completely capitulate? So I think it was great that essentially straight from the off after that, we just carry straight on. We found our two goals, and we made it work that first half. Yeah, exactly. I think for the... hit the nail on the head like that mentality and you know it we've all watched probably enough football to know how momentum shifts from opportunities within a game and I thought that's just nailed on and I'm a pessimistic Wolves fan I know and is that I've been there enough times to see us go well that was going to be our goal today and it's not gone in so I guess we're not scoring today um they didn't they went nope we're just we're going for it and ah King Kilman. <laughs> yes, the I tell you what, guys, the the King Kilman Club was rocking on Monday night. I mean, look, we could talk about his performance, which I think was fantastic, and yet again, just just did his did for business. But mm-hmm. I was so chuffed to see him score, just because he 
he's, he's not really had that many chances to. He's a very unassuming player. He just sort of gets on with his job. But it seemed like yesterday was like a real, you know, um, I can't remember who it was in the, uh, after the Villa podcast sort of said that, you know, that was a landmark moment for Bruno. That he, you know, that, that was a real significant game for him to hang his hat on. And it felt like yesterday that that was a really significant moment for Kilman because he's played and he's played a decent amount of games now. But it almost for me that felt like probably his be- arguably his best performance, and he got a goal as well, and in front of the England manager as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting though, isn't it? Because I would argue though that he's been at this high level for a while, even last yeah. season. Like, but just because he he didn't have a fancy name, no one seemed to even recognise it. But now it's getting to the point where he's just constantly our best centre back, and. I'm just so pleased that one he got his goal, and as you say, Rich, he never ever really get looks like scoring from corners. Actually, um, no, he never, never seems really got in the same way. Like say, say, you know? say, usually gets in and about, and obviously scored a couple of goals. Yeah. Cody seems to Cody, pop up yeah. now in few positions. Ironically, again, I know he scored a, he scored recently as well, but he just doesn't seem to kind of get himself in those positions. Um, one thing I did think was worth noting is actually who took the corner as well with Aint Nori and it was you know what a ball it was just right on his head wasn't it and he got and Kilman actually got above the two I think it was the two centre backs as well literally right raised a butt right of them two and I was just like wow yeah Yeah, I mean uh, considering and look he's probably one of the best players to ever play for Wolves in Giammatino but his corners haven't exactly been dangerous um to, to say the least but you know it, it's a switching it to eight nori seems to be a, a an interesting tactic which clearly worked i think um in the preview show that dan uh, mentioned that i don't think wolves have scored ahead of this season from a corner or something bizarre um well now they have and now they this have. surprised me after all the short corners yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think uh, we, with no level of um, high level of analysis, like, why don't we score many from headers from corners? Well, because they pass it on the ground nine times out of ten, and it leads to bloody nowhere. Um, but you know, it, it just set the market. I think there was almost a bit of relief in the stadium because we had played so well, and the first few games of the season we'd had the performances, but not the goals. And then we've had the goals, but not arguably the performances. And it just felt like, you know what, this is this is our moment. And then, uh, I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. I, I know for Wolves second, it was really, really, really poor of um, Ben Godfrey. Um, you know, it got picked up on the on the commentary that in the first half, pretty much all his passes just went back to a goalkeeper. And it was almost just like him and us. It, it, it took him half an hour to figure out what was happening. Um, but the fucking the brass balls on Raúl Jiménez. You shouldn't was, underrate that finish, should you? That like, is, and it's filthy. Yeah. It's filthy. It, yeah, it was a proper Jiménez goal. Which, I mean, again, it's so great to see. I mean, we had no idea whether or not he was going to come back to form, and I think it's. It's really important to note with the goal that was ruled off and this one that, you know, we we really worried at the start of the season where our goals were going to come from. And now it seems like we may have found this striking partnership between Huang and Jimenez that that might mirror um, possibly Jota and Jimenez that we had a couple of years ago. It's It, it seems like it could be like that. And we just got to hope that both of them stay healthy and, yeah, that they can both just continue producing like this. Yeah. And I don't think that, bef- but a few weeks ago, that Raul would have done that. Like, no. you know, when he started sort of a little bit off the pace and even his performances weren't great. No way. He would have, he could have, and he, he might not have, but he could have fl- fluffed that chance. Like, you could, you can see that his confidence is completely back now. Um, and it yeah. feels like his overall performance was like the old Raul, wasn't it? You know, like yeah. his hold up play was like so good. Yeah, I think just 
it, it, it epitomised what he's all about. And I think a less confident striker would probably try and knock it past the goalkeeper and maybe try and get a penalty or something or not quite know what to do with it. But I say just... Uh, I think as we said again for the Southampton goal, uh, an unconfident player doesn't score that. It, it is just the, the technique. for Just for, I say, just for bottle to to attempt to do that and, and the audacity um and it's, it's all around game just he did he did everything right and it was you know his whole I'm trying to think of the right way to say it's because he's not exactly played poorly through any of the games really uh, or you know anything like that but he just seemed to have like that different you know that intensity that extra little bit and I don't know whether it was sort of back at Molyneux under the lights, but they all they all turned it on um, in that first half. Um, you know, I, I, going into half time, I I I sort of was trying to work out well who who do you give man of the match to or a, anything like that. And it was like literally everybody's playing well. You know, maybe Sace because he hasn't had to do anything. And it wasn't even like he was doing badly. But, you know, the way both wing-backs were playing, it was the best I've seen Nelson Semedo, who, who's, again, been a quietly really proficient performer. But him and Trincao will link it. Like, they, they just had this fantastic understanding of, you know, when one goes inside, the other one goes outside and mixing it up. You know, Tr- Trincao had a interesting game, um, if we're moving on to the second half as well. Because uh, I think there's been a bit of a divide online. I mean, it, I don't think it's helped. He hasn't scored yet. Um, and he's had a couple of chances now. And he had a few on uh, Monday night as well. Particularly, you know, he had a, he, it was interesting that he almost came closer with the chance in the first half, Kim, as you said, that drew out a top draw save to the one where he gets it eight yards out and, you know, hits I don't it. know how he missed that. I genuinely yeah. don't know how he missed that because, but the play was insane. From Huang did so well, and then even Trinkau, he just touched it past the defender, did the hard work, and then all he had to do was literally put it in the corner, and it, it wasn't even on target, was it? Um, I mean, to be fair, it was in a very awkward position in his feet. It was really trapped in there, and it was kind of it was next to his left heel, and he's trying to kick it with his right foot, and it's just he should have hit it, it with his left. But yes, yes, he should have hit it with his left, and it should have been on target because I think if it was if it was basically anywhere on target, because I think Pickford was basically stealing his goal when he had the chance, so it was like if he put it on target, it would have gone in, and he just couldn't find it. Yeah, and. I think uh, at the top of the show, that right wing position it, it, it's anyone's game at the moment. It feels, uh, you know, really Bolly struggling to break into the side um, for for one, you know, for injury and through form of other players. But every other position it seems to be nailed on. We know he's going to play wing back at the moment because Marcel's injured and ain't no, he's going to make it his own. I think that's abundantly clear now. Samedo's going to stay. That back three is pretty much going to stay. We can't drop Neves. I, I struggle to see Dendonka at the moment. Huang's getting goals. Jimenez is number nine. So it's just that position, really. And we've got three players in Trincao, Traore, and Podence who somehow, if you put them all in a lab and you combined them, they, they, it, it would be almost like... you perfect player, wouldn't you? You would. You would. They all do something slightly differently, um, but I know it might just be you know that that's our wild card position for me. That it's just going to change every every week because either through opponent or none of them are just quite consistent enough to make it their own. And all of them this season have have shown those glimpses. You know, Podence. Um, Against against Villa, Traore those first couple of weeks of the season, although his better performance have been arguably on the left, and I think Wang's now claimed that spot. So, you know, this seemed like it was a perfect opportunity for Trincao, and as I say, it, I think he's still learning and he's still developing, but it, it was a, it's a frustrating one, chiefly because he's clearly developing, but he's still got a lot, he's still got some way to go. But I think it's clever; it's definitely a player in there. Um, he's just quite frustrating, isn't 
yeah. he's quite he he shows flashes of brilliance but sometimes he's quite he just he misses easy chances like there's a but what was the one I can't remember who we were playing but he hit the bar and it was like it was easier yeah. to miss and I just find him a little bit frustrating frustrating and at times white lightweight however you know he's obviously still developing I'm sure you know next season he'll have bulked up a bit if he's still here um, but I think it's 25 million. I think we've got the option for on him. And at the moment, well, I think we need to see a little bit more for me. Um, yeah. You know. I think the good thing is when we play either Trinkau or Pedence, we're less one dimensional. Whereas, you know, if Troy Ray would have started last week, uh, last week, last night, then you don't would we have would we have been effective as a team because you know the obvious thing is just to play the ball to Traore that's the tactic that we tend to use a lot of the time um which isn't always a bad thing but I think it was a more complete performance actually because um he didn't start however I would have I would have personally brought him on earlier yeah I would have well, he didn't come on did he but I would have bought either Pedence or Traore on earlier because it just Bruno, that's what my one criticism of him at the moment. He doesn't change it um, early enough. You know, it was was it like eighty minutes again yeah. before we yeah. made the first change, and it's like the players, some of them, just look completely dead. And it's like <laughs> you need to change it up a bit. Um, it was begging yeah. for that sixtieth minute substitution, wasn't it? Yeah, and I don't yeah. think it's a coincidence that Everton scored around then as well. I mean, Everton made a change at half time and. As we sort of, I can't even quite remember now, despite us being talking for 20 minutes now, that you know, we, we Everton were always going to kind of come back into the game because despite a really bad result of the weekend, they're not an awful team, so we'd be expecting them to have a better second half than a first half, but we did struggle to kind of control the game or to ask lots of questions of them and really make them sit back that little bit more. Um, you know, we, we did have some chances to mention from Trincao, um, but it seemed very much, you know, the second half was very much more a defensive a defensive performance. Um, you know, they you look looked devoid of confidence, didn't they, in the first half? It was yeah. almost like they continued on from like the Watford game. But then second half, I mean, they couldn't play any worse. I'm sure, you know... Benitez told them, you know, you know, give them some motivation, whatever. But it just showed. I, do, I still don't think that they were amazing, and we didn't come under loads of pressure. If you think about the goal, it was literally just. I think it was was it Godfrey hitting yeah. Pope from Godfrey, and then literally a Wobi just swung his foot at it, and it went in, sort of thing. Maybe it was a bit. It was a bit pinball. Um, yeah. I, I, I'll, I, I definitely agree on that, and it kind of did give him that extra bit of confidence. And to be fair, even at two one, I wasn't particularly worried. In the same way, I might have been um, in previous games, just because I thought, you know what, we can we can still score if we really need to. Um, but yeah, it, it, it was. I think that was something I noted. And I think part of the late on changes, it screams for. It just screams a lack of squad depth, because. Well, I think it like, says any. I think it says everything when we have yeah. two goalkeepers on the bench and one of them is under eighteen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, th- you can't put it any simpler than that. I mean, it's unfortunate, but we just don't have the squad depth to be able to to bring on subs at you know half time and and be the same squad in the second half that we are in the first half. So. I don't know if that's something that'll change in January or what the heck's going to go on with that because we all know that Fosin are evidently pretty picky. So I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see how that all plays out. But it is something to keep in mind that we just don't have, we don't really have the substitutes. And this kind of goes back to the 60th minute begging for substitution thing where, I mean, do we really have the quality of substitutes to be able to pull something like that off? I mean, obviously, if we bring on Adama, that completely changes the game. But we were trying to kill the game, not necessarily score. So, I don't know. It's I know, just... but if we'd, have, if we'd have put Adama on, you could argue that as Everton were pushing on, then they couldn't just leave Adama up top. They'd have to, you know, keep some players back and we might have just been able to kill the game off better. You know, maybe that's an obvious thing to say. But I do... I do yeah, but... wonder if Bruno, right, 
he's like almost making a a point to the board to say Ooh. you didn't you didn't back me you didn't back me so essentially i've got no no one to bring on i mean the reality is he's got two forward players to bring on but any you know we haven't really got a centre midfielder to bring on have we we've got dendonka mm. but he's not exactly pulling up trees so maybe that's just a little dig at them yeah, maybe. I mean, to be fair, my, my, that's sort of my thought process with the substitutions. It's, and you've got tiredness. And the fact we've got three centre midfielders, you know, we, it, it, it's a continual joke. I think we probably make it every other show that, you know, it, 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 it's unsustainable. And frankly, January can't come soon enough. And I think, you know, I, I can see a Twitter account being made of, have Wolves signed a centre midfielder yet each day? Um which I won't create, but if someone if someone's got the time and energy, feel free. You can have that one for free. Um, but we were starting to tire. You know, Huang looked dead on his feet after about seventy odd minutes as well. Um, they say Trincao drops off in games. He doesn't seem like he's probably got the tenacity for ninety minutes at this level just yet. Um, but you know what? Maybe bring on Traore or bring on Podence a little bit sooner. You say just to ask a couple more questions. You know, I, I mean, I was gobsmacked that you know Holgate and and Godfrey managed to last, you know, without without getting two yellows. I think I think Hol, Holgate in particular, you know, he had one in the first half, which I think was, re- I think it was against Trinkau, and it was a cowardly foul. And I've got to think about cowardly fouls because he wasn't going for the ball; he just kicked away and kicked him because I think we were two 0 up at that point. And then he had that one in the um, second half, which I think the ref wanted to give us a penalty initially and then he got pulled back for a free kick because to be fair it was a yard out um but i just think you know what maybe if but does that scream he doesn't quite have the confidence in some of these players or he's happy with the tactics i don't quite know but as i said it it felt like the changes if the change had come 10 minutes earlier and given that extra bit of time to integrate themselves into the game however as we said we don't have a huge level of squad depth, you know, that Luke Kundal's not, he's on the bench every week, but I can't see him getting minutes. We, um, we've we got the young goalkeeper as well. He's not going to get minutes. So all of a sudden, you, your options start to get very, very limited. You've um, got four, we've usually got like four options, haven't we? Like, yeah. you know, the two attacking players, usually a Dharma Potence, Silver, who we all know is still learning his trade, and then Donka, who... I don't think Bruno particularly probably rates him. Um, so, yeah, you've basically got four subs to choose from every game. Um, yeah. You know, it it, it 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 makes life a lot harder. It's not like, say, we have for people, you know, outside of the, of the match day squad either. Um, in terms of who played well for yourselves then, I mean, I say it's kind of an abundant of riches when it comes to talking about manner for matches and, Stuff like that, but who are your sort of takeaways? I mean, Nori for, for me, again, it was it's basically been a year since his first game for Wolves, which he's shown. And I don't know what he loves about Halloween or you know the end of October, start of November, but he was fantastic again tonight, um, last night for me. Yeah, yeah, I so gone, yeah, I just think everybody was superb, and it's hard to pick out a man of the match out of all that. I think. Perhaps for me, I have to give it to Kilman because I don't know exactly if or when he's going to be able to get other chance at it. Um, but yeah, I mean, everything was superb. Ruben was brilliant, both on attack and defense. Um, Jimenez was, I mean, obviously lights out. And it just sort of felt like everyone played their part. You know, not everybody was perfect, but it, it felt like watching a proper football team. And it's been a long time since I've been able to say that. I mean, even with the few games we started the season with where we lost. It just felt like there was that little bit of disconnect, that little bit of, you know, scrappiness. And it just didn't feel like that tonight. It just sort of felt like everybody played their part. Yeah. Same same for me, really, I think. Obviously, it was, as you said, Blake, it was a, almost a great overall team performance, balanced in terms of the formation. So even though we were five at the back still, because the wing backs were pushing forward so much, you know, Aint Nori, as we said, had just slotted in really well. You know, we know he's got a lot to learn and I'm sure he, he'll get caught out defensively in the coming weeks. But I think I'm prepared for that to happen 
as opposed to continuing with Marcel, who clearly doesn't fit this system. If we were in a four, he'd probably look better, Marcel. But, yeah, I think, as I said, eight Nori played well. Um, Huang I've actually got on here as well, and I wouldn't give him man of the match. However, I think he really has brought something different to our team. Um, obviously, we started comparing him to Jota, and I think there are some similarities. I think Raul and Huang are really, really linking up well. Um, I think a few times he does give the ball away, but I think he takes risks. He, you know, always tries to do something different, and he's great inside the box. So I'm really well. I think we are going to take up the option on him, and I think we we really have to quickly. Um, so, yeah, obviously Huang and then Raul, obviously, as I've said, you know, great performance from him, you know, all round, back to his old sort of best. But I think for me, it's Neves was just almost probably one of the best in his top 10 Wolves performances, I'd say. Really, like, literally controlled the match, just pulling the strings and you know, just dictated the whole tempo of the game. So for me, yeah, it was clearly Neves. Yeah, I mean, the uh, Neves won first and foremost. I mean, it was like you said, one of those where first half, it, it was, it showcased how good he was sort of moving the ball and passing it. And the second half was just that dogged defensive midfielder. There was one great one in the, Second half, where you know he tracked this run of Damari Gray, and then as soon as he cuts in, so it was just there and he just ate it up. And I say it, it's a special type of player, um, to be, to be able to do stuff like that. I mean, it's interesting you we you bring up um Huang as well, and in his well, I guess potential future, um, literally as of sort of time of recording, uh, John Percy at the Telegraphs. Um, recently published an article um, saying that Wolves are ready to accelerate talks over a £14 million deal for Wang, which I'm assuming is for, um, is the loan option, but hoping to, I guess, secure that in January um, alongside looking back again at Renato Sanchez. However much room of those in the Sanchez stuff, we'll, we'll never quite know um, until we see him at Asda. Um, but, you know, I, I can definitely see them just taking up the option on Huang now. I think he, he fits the team. He, he ticks all the boxes that they want in a in a play. He's up the right price point, all of that. It, it, it's been a match made in heaven so far. And fingers crossed um, that, that continues because like he, he seems to be a perfect foil for Jimenez. And he's taken off the pressure from him. They both seem to thrive as well at the same time. It's, it, it's, it's, it seems like they've got a really good... Um, relationship going on we're going to take a short break guys um we'll be back after um hearing from our sponsors pixel yeti media talk a little bit about Jimenez again a little bit about walls 10 games in and talk a bit about palace we'll be back right after this hi it's richard from walls fancast here just interrupting today's show before we get back to some questionable opinions and opinionated questions to talk to you a little bit about our sponsors pixel yeti media they are a design agency that put you and your business first from web design logo and branding design and marketing if you have any marketing needs get in touch with them to find out how they can help you get it right they are over at pixelyettingmedia.com now let's get back to a show where we can give you some really forced wordplay niche cultural references and maybe even a bit of football talk Hello and welcome back to today's episode of Wolves Fancast. Um, as I said before break, we're going to talk about Jimenez, um, chiefly because I forgot to mention his magnificent facial hair. Um, and I am trying to work out whether I can pull it off. I know the answer's no, but I'd love to be able to. I feel like I've seen Stu have something similar in the past. Yeah, he did. I was yeah. about to say the same because I think you were going to ask what Fancastian yeah. what it would do. And my instant reaction was Stu because, you know, he's a bit out there with his sort of clothes anyway. So, and I'm sure I've seen pictures with him having that sort of thing on his face. Yeah. I feel like I've seen it, but I can't work out. It's just like a weird lucid, lucid dream I've once had of Stu or whether it's been fancy dress or frankly all free. Um, but yeah, I, I reckon Stu should start growing out again. Um, but yeah, again, it was a nice, it was a nice change. He's gone through having the, 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 
blonde hair as well. I feel like he's he's mixing around stuff at the moment. Um, and, you know, I, I'm happy with that look, personally. But anyway, the reason why I actually wanted to talk to him, um, talk about him, is because his goal against Everton was actually his 50th uh, playing for Wolves. I mean, I think it's a hell of an achievement, chiefly because I can't, you know, remember the last player who achieved it at this level of course we had the likes of Ebanks Blake who got around 50 now I want to say it um, or sort of around that point but a Premier League top flight level we've not had someone hit these um, these echelons some of these goals have been in Europe as well in cup competitions of course but 120 games I think it is for 50 goals I mean but you, you cannot deny those numbers as a for a striker, even though we live in the age of you know the Messi Ronaldo stats and things where you know we we sometimes expect strikers to get a goal every game, but to have that ratio, uh, I, I think it's incredible. Uh, and to say he hasn't, you know, he's got two in ten this season coming back off a major injury, and I go, you know what. I, I, you can see him hitting a run of goals at some point this season. And I mean, yeah, I just wanted to mention him. If, if you guys got any other glowing, glowing words for the man. He's just Mr. Consistent, is he? isn't he? Like, mm. I feel like against any team in this league, I would back him to score. And I think that's a great place to be and to have a striker that you can almost rely on that has not just goals, but brings so much else to the team. Um and he just, I just get the feeling he loves playing for Wolves as well. Like, I feel like he's not going anywhere anytime soon. Um, and he's getting to that age now where I guess his value, dare I say it, is probably going down a little bit. Um, so I think that's plays to, you know, in to Wolves' advantages, really. And I can see him being here for sort of the next couple of years, really, definitely. Um, yeah, just and just a great, seems like a great guy who, you know, loves he's grateful to be back you know on the pitch scoring again um but yeah for me I'm not sure about that facial hair I didn't know I, I didn't know at the time when I was at the game but when I watched the highlights earlier I was like wow it looks like a magician yeah <laughs> it's it it's calm it isn't real yeah I was gonna say because he didn't feel like he had it against Leeds so he's grown that oh. in what eight days yeah you know, yeah. maybe he's doing maybe he's doing November. Oh, you know, it could be. Oh, then we'll take it all back then if he. Yeah, I was gonna say, really yeah, <laughs> but time, time's gonna tell on this one, isn't it? This could either age really well or really badly. But um, yeah, probably we'll be best not of, say anything else on it. It's fine. It's fine. We'll be prisoners of the moment. It, um, but yeah, I mean, it's like everything he brings tools, and you know what? He's he's thirty now, arguably that opportunity for a big, big move might have just gone now. He's hit 30. Um, unless somebody really wants to sort of take a, a chance, so to say, um, you know, may, maybe if he has a good season now, post-injury, someone might kind of look to see if they can get him for a good couple of years. But, you know, I, can't... I, just, I just think the injury, I think it'll it's... make most people shy away, won't it? I mean, it's yeah. just and I think the, the risk. It's is... a risk. Yeah, I think it will put question marks if, if, if with some clubs, and it's selfish. But I kind of hope, you know, I, I can see him very much going back to play in Mexico or whatever for, for his twilight. But you know what? If we can get him to, you know, play until he's like thirty three, thirty four here, and see if he can kind of get a hundred goals for Wolves, I think that'd be really magical because it doesn't happen a lot these days for. Um, players, unless they're you know a, a truly elite level for one club, um, so it'd be it would be quite it would be lovely to see him stay around for a bit longer. Um, the, the other thing I sort of wanted to talk about is that we, we're ten games in now, um, seventh in the league, sixteen points, um, just cards on the table. We're, we're we're all friends here. Be honest. Are we about where we expected Wolves to be? Are we overachieving or are we, dare I say, underachieving? Like, you know, where did you sort of roughly expect us to be uh, around this point? Um, well, I, think, you... I think there's a few things to go along with that. First of all, 
It's been an interesting start, hasn't it? And I think it's worth noting that despite the fact that we've been unbeaten these past, what, five games, the majority of those games have been against much lesser sides. Now, not taking anything away from that, I mean, this is the sort of run of form you would expect from a top seven, top six side. So I'm not complaining, but for me, it's difficult to say where we are relatively because I, I really think we need to wait and see what happens in this December run because you look at that run of fixtures and it's just... It's almost a nightmare, isn't it? I mean, you've got basically all the big six in one month. And um, yeah, I just think that we could really struggle there. And that's, I think, where we're really going to find out how good or bad this Wolves team is and if this Bruno style of football really works. But all of that having been said, it's been really standout so far. I mean, um, obviously, we had the three games where despite playing brilliantly, we still lost and that was disappointing. But now we've sort of bounced back and we've got these these this unbeaten run. And yeah, I mean, it's just, it's exciting. And yeah, I think for me, I expected us to be mid-table the entire season, really. And to be up in seventh, even if it's just temporary, is streamlined. Yeah, I'd say it's definitely over expectations, purely based on the fact that, you know, I suppose at the start of the season, when you think, wow, so we've literally not signed many players and obviously you know we all had all the transfer deadline day and Bruno saying you know how how much we need sort of a different style midfielder because Martino Neves and Dendonka are pretty much have all the same sort of attributes so I think we actually need to praise Bruno just for how well we've done and obviously you know in terms of performances there's been times where we haven't been great but I think with with the tools at his disposal the players that he has now which clearly probably don't fit the system that he wants to play in the long term um and I would imagine he wants to go back to about four I think he's I think he's just done brilliantly you know and I feel like we're at a point now where we can dig out a win against the teams that you'd expect us to win but that's not always the case is it um and just you know the run of games you know, beating Villa, drawing against Leeds, beating Everton, you know, that's seven points where you'd expect we'd probably lose one of Mm. them and and probably not win two either. You wouldn't expect it. And I know we've got a hard run coming up in December, but we've still got some next five, you know, Palace, West Ham, Norwich, uh, Burnley and Liverpool. Well, okay, Burnley and West Ham are hard games, but Palace, Norwich and Burnley, if you look at how we've been beating teams towards the bottom of the table, you know, past few weeks, you'd expect that we should, well, everyone beats Norwich, and I'm sure we'll end up probably... I was going to say, if, if, if I've learned one thing as a Wolves fan, <laughs> it is written in the stars we're going to lose to Norwich. I, 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 We shouldn't, because we decimated them two years ago. I say decimated, we comfortably in two years ago. They are not a good side. We're in good form. I, I've just got a sinking feeling because we play um, West Ham the week before, don't we? Yeah, I'm sure it's yeah. where. Yeah, yeah. We play them. Yeah, we're literally playing the week before. I can just feel that West Ham are on a really good run of form. We're going to scrap it out with West Ham, get a really good victory against them, and then we'll bottle it against Norwich and they'll beat us one 0 Do you know what though? I hope that Norwich win before that. Like, if yeah. At least yeah, 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 if yeah. Then you know it's not as big a thing. Whereas if they don't, well, they probably won't. So I'm just going to look at their fixtures now. So they've got oh they've got some decent fixtures. They've got Brentford, Southampton coming up, which they could. They're potentially, they're potentially winnable. Hopefully. Yeah. So yeah. So hopefully they can get a run of form then, just to just to sort of dampen it, and then I won't. Then we could actually beat them. I don't think. Yeah. I, 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 it just feels written that. You know, it's always harking back to almost the Nuno days, isn't it? In terms of, oh, yeah, we'll beat all these half-decent teams. But, no, you, you, you've both kind of alluded to, we, we've beaten the teams who are beatable. And um, I remember Alex Ferguson always saying, like, you know, how, how do you mount a title challenge? It's like, well, you beat the bottom half teams home and away. Get that done. You know, that that's 60 points in the bag. And that's a really good foundation to to you know to really mount anything in this division and i remember at the start of the season when we looked at you know the fixtures and we're like 
don't see us winning the first three, but then we've got a run of like 10 solid games where we can get points out of. And it's, hey, look, if we're beating the teams that were beatable and losing to the teams where we're struggling against, then, you know, it's, it, it's um, you know, I, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm really chuffed with how we're doing it. It's ever so slightly performing above expectations. I mean, that middle, the middle pack at the moment it, it is very dense. And not a lot separates between 6th and 11th. I think it's like a win, you know. But there is actually there is a bit of a gap now from where Crystal Palace are, um, at almost the top of the bottom half of the division and then going into the top half now. And it feels like we've got a nice little bit of breathing space. And it's 10 games into the season. And I was pondering this the other day. Um, well, it was actually two weeks ago when I was speaking with the Anfield Rap. Um, after a Villa win and thinking, you know, saying, oh, how, how, you're happy with the start of the season. Going, well, can you judge it after eight games? And it did make me think, well, what point can you judge a, you know, how, at what point do we judge this Wolves team? Do we judge them after 18 games when we've played every team once? Or, you know, do we have to give it a full season? And it, it's interesting. I think the joy is still slightly out on Wolves, despite the fact that we've, we've been winning games. Um I think though that they need to they need to back Bruno in January. Yeah. My only worry about this is because we're getting the results that it's not so much of a crisis, but the reality is that we will probably go through a crisis of not winning games because we haven't got enough players. And if we do not sign a centre midfielder in January, even if it isn't Renato Sanchez, we need a centre midfielder who brings something different to the table than. Matinho, who's like every game he has crammed out at the end, and that's not a sight on him. But he's obviously need, he can't keep playing every game. Then Donker, well, a year ago I said he when he signed a new contract and got absolutely slated for it that he's not good you, enough. Yeah. Um. So we need someone to play alongside Neves who complements Neves well, and that's what the scouting team need to be looking at: someone who can get about the pitch, has something different go forward and just let Neves continue to dict the, dictate the play. And I guess Renato Sanchez is the perfect player for that. Um, but I really just think they need to make sure that they, they back him. I can completely agree. And my sort of thought process is, you know, Ruben Neves is on three yellow cards so far this season. He's going to get suspended. Then, you know, what if we're then playing the midfield of Dendonka and Moutinho and Moutinho pulls it with a hamstring injury? And it, you know, it's like, it's not good enough. We know it's not good enough, and hopefully, as you say, sort of somehow, folks and don't see. Ah, yeah, but look how where they're they're playing on a really limited budget. We'll keep the budget this small forever. Um, fingers crossed, we don't go down that route. Um, let's talk about Palace because um, I think it's I think it's got potential to be a really good game of football. Um, they've obviously come off a really good win against Man City. Um, they they played really well. Don't get me wrong. I know um, Man City went down to to ten men and all that, but they seem to be a different side to last season. And we did all right. We've historically done all right against them the last couple of years, Palace. But they seem to be, as I sort of alluded to, they seem to be very much best of the rest at the moment in terms of you know last year they were like fifteenth, sixteenth, and almost just the worst of the has been as it were but now they seem to be at the top end of the bottom um how do you guys sort of look at palace um at the moment uh kim um well it's interesting actually because even though they're pretty much mid-table when i was looking at their results so far this season they've actually played like the top five away from home so they probably actually have done better than you'd think because, you know, they've obviously beat Man City. They are in a, almost a transitional, dare I use that word, season where they're obviously looking to transform their play. I think Gallagher looks a good player. They've bought a new striker in and, and they look they look quite a, a decent team that's on the up. And I think what's really interesting now about this fixture is They've beat Man City, so they're at home. They're thinking, right, we're, we're going to beat Wolves now. That's what their fans will be thinking. Mm. Whereas we've just come off a win and, uh, you know, some good form. 
form and we're we're at the top of the form table aren't we i think apart from chelsea um yeah. so we're almost expecting that we'll we're, we're going to win that game and the reality is we you know it's probably going to be a draw or just a boring nil nil um so i think both fans expectations will probably be quite high um and i think it'll probably be a flatter to deceive game where it's just a nil nil it's also worth mentioning that Crystal Palace are unbeaten in five as well. So, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Four draws, one win, whereas we have four wins, one draw. Um, yeah. But still, I mean, it's not easy. They're not going to be pushovers. And there's always drama at Selhurst Park, it feels. I mean, throughout all the years of supporting them, it's either been a 90th minute equalizer, a winner, or what have you. So, hmm. whatever it's going to be. And it's always rain, isn't it? Yeah. Every time yeah. I've been to that place, it's, oh. I just couldn't put myself through it again this time because it's just horrible. <laughs> no, I completely agree. I think it's like, it feels like it could kind of go either way in terms of the quality. But so I've, I've been interested a lot by him this year. And I think, um, you know, saying that actually, yeah, they've been beaten in five, but as opposed to us kind of winning games and drawing one, they've been drawing games and winning one. I think that's, that's the difference, isn't it? Between a, you know, Politely, that's the difference between being 13th and being 7th. Yeah. Or 12th or whatever in the league. But do you know what I mean? Like, it's it, it's, it's that clinicalness. Um, and they've got some good players. They've got some good attacking players as well. You know, hell with fucking... You know, Patrick Vieira's a bloody miracle worker. He's got Benteke scoring. You know, it, it, I, I was a bit sceptical about the appointment. But, you know, I, I'm really enjoying Conor Gallagher, um, of course. And they've got the guy from Celtic as well. So... Fingers crossed, it's a it's a, it's a good game, but think I'd rather Wolves win than be be a good game. To be honest, um, shall we do some questions to wrap up the show? Let's uh, do it. Or should, we, or should we do score predictions first? Actually, before I even say that, I completely forget that. Um, what do you reckon? I, it feels like because it was a game on a Monday. It felt like we had loads of time from Leeds to Everton, and now it feels like we've got no time at all to Everton to Palace. So. In my head, like, oh, it's it should be like a week away, but actually, it's like five days. Um, but anyway, um, what are we thinking score wise then? I'll go, I think the reality is that it's going to be a draw. I think one one, bit negative. I'll be quite a bit more optimistic and say three one wolves. Okay, Mm. I'm gonna go for two two and hope that. It's just going to be a good game of football and give me lots to talk about in the show um, on Sunday. <laughs> no, I, I, it's f- football will be the winner. Um, right. Apart from my condescending nature, let's go to Twitter corner. Big thanks to everyone who sent in uh, your questions. Um, the first one, um, ironically, isn't actually, he sent in two brothers. Um, one's not. It said it's not really relevant anymore to Wolves, um, but given the events this week, do you think Nuno was screwed over by Spurs from day one? Like, I mean, I, I'm kind of in agreement. I think he shouldn't have never, he shouldn't have retaken really the job, and he wasn't kind of in a position to say no to it. Uh, he was no. like six. He was six favourite, wasn't he? Six or yeah. seven choice when like seven other people had like turned it down. So I feel a bit sorry for him, but he probably should have shouldn't have took, took the job in the first place. And you know what the worst thing was? I think Daniel Levy came out and said, Nuno will bring attacking football or whatever from the off. off. And it's like mm. he clearly had, hadn't watched Wolves. Like Nuno yeah. is a defensive coach and he's good at being a counter sort of counter coach. But the thing is, Tottenham are known for, you know, their fans want entertaining football so it was ne- it was always going to be a mismatch wasn't it but when I saw that Conte was as in charge and it was literally like was it an, an hour or so after I thought mm. oh poor Nuno I did feel a little bit sorry for him yeah yeah my dad's a Spurs fan so I I remember distinctly telling him when he was appointed that it was going to be three months and then he was going to be sacked and sure enough it was pretty much exactly <laughs> three months yeah. and then he was sacked so yeah, I think we all kind of saw it coming. Um, no offense to Nuno. I mean, he did a brilliant job with us, but he just, he was never really, he's not really the manager for that team. He just isn't. 
No, it's like it just—it never felt like a right match from the start. He couldn't say no to it because you know he not had a great season. Wolves and Spurs was a big proposition, but I mean, I also think that club's bloody toxic at the moment. But here we go. Um, he did uh did ask another question, which we sort of covered in a way. But Trincao, um, um, is he doing enough to justify the? Uh, I mean, he's said twenty-five million. For a permanent fee, I can't quite remember if that's the right figure or not. We'll just if we go yes or no. For no, whatever reason, I was gonna no, say, Kim, I think you kind of said no as well earlier, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I think so. it's right 20, 25 million, I think, is the um, yeah. potential fee at the moment. No, but I can still, I still think he could turn it round and we, it could be a yes at the end of the season, but the moment yeah. it's a it's a no. I think yeah, I think I'm, I'm sort of similar. It's it's no right now, but ask me in five months' time, and it, I'm hoping I'm, I'm optimistic it could be a yes. Um, right. Um, do 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 do. Let's see who we could do. Yes. Okay. Actually, I'm this one for Mark Davis. So, um, which of these um, Bruno improvements is your favourite? So, a he actually tries to score first. B he's brilliant in interviews. Or C he actually rotates the squad. Um, well, I don't I do... think he can rotate the squad, really, can no, he? Unless he means, he... like, attacking. I think he position. means maybe the attacking from three, maybe, is all I can think about. But I think Nuno did a bit of that, like, well, he had to last season, so. I feel um... like it's a bit of a dig at Nuno, but. It owes a massive I mean, dig at Nuno. Um... I'd go A, because obviously it'd be not, it's nice that we actually try and score, you know, the aim of the game. <laughs> hmm. I mean, I, I am a big fan of how blunt bruno can be just sort of frank he he isn't he is in terms of you know talking about actually about the game and you know it's not always negative it's it's just this honest openness about about situations and how you know i think he said about sort of playing for the back um I'm hoping this wasn't a made up quote now i'm saying it because it almost feels it's saying like i think people thought we were going to play 442 but i didn't want to change too many things at once and know that it, it can't didn't want to do it overnight, and we had to work with what we had. So that's why we're playing this formation. We're making it work, and it's just you know a, a lot of the time people are so heavily media trained in football that you never can't mm. quite get for you an, an answer. And you know you can change a manager's perception in the media can sort of change overnight if you're not careful if you're doing good or bad. But you know if you're upfront and honest about it, I can I, you know I don't really mind which way you go. Um, right. Do you know what I like though about Bruno, his style? He actually like praises players. Like I felt like sometimes yeah. Nuno didn't really. He just was all about the team. Whereas Bruno, you know, for instance, like Max Kilman, like you know, he he needs to know how good he is. So that just shows to me that maybe he's just got a bit of a lack of confidence at times. And mm. I think he's from what I've seen in interviews, he's probably a, a really good man manager. Um, and I know there's been some sort of, you know, with with Villa, he didn't exactly go crazy on the touchline, but he's just almost a, a, a completely different character to Nuno, I think. Um, but he clearly is very good tactically with some of the interviews that I've seen, um, and he goes into into depth, doesn't he, on some of the hmm. some of the interviews. Yeah. So yeah, I just think he's he's different, isn't he, to Nuno? And it's it's sometimes I think the fans have got that used to Nuno not saying a lot. Whereas Bruno seems the opposite, but he's just a different sort of, has a different style. Yeah, no, completely agree. Um, right, moving away from, from Nuno, who do we think is going to score the most goals this season? Cody, Kilman or Traore? That's Mandy Smith. Um, King Kilman. Yeah. <sighs> I'm hoping Palmer. I'm really hoping it's not going to be. I don't think it's going to be. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be. Um, yeah, okay, we'll see. I'll say Cody. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'll go, I, I'll go Cody, I just think that if Cody actually goes up for headers on corners, then he could actually produce a couple goals this year. I mean, I think it's it's well within his his right to do so. He's he's done it with England as well, so who knows? It, it would be really fun if if Cody could score a few goals this year, so I'll just Take that bit. 
I'm, I'm, I was going to say, I like Camden if it's really going for Troy Ray. Um, you know, it's quite hard to uh, back a player who's only going to be at Wolves for half a season. So uh, we'll see on that one. Um, uh, right. Uh, Andrew Wright asked penultimate question, guys. So uh, if you can insert any Wolves player from the past into this season's squad, uh, but they can only make three appearances between now and the end of the season. Who would it be? Oh I was going to say, there feels like there's a lot of, well, so there's one parameter in there, but basically, pick a Wolves play from the past, but they can only play three games for us. Um, yeah, make it, make it work. Um, I, I, this one stumped me, because I was like, well, do you go for like an attacker? who, I don't know, maybe got, like, a lot of goals versus sort of one particular team. Well, what about, like, Jolene Lescott? Because we we need a centre-back when all the players go to African combinations. Yeah. Yeah. So that might be three games. I was going to say, that could eat up up some of the game time. (laughs) Or do you go midfielder now that, you know, you can rest Neves and or Moutinho and, you know what, you can play Alex Ray? He popped into know. my head as well. Yeah. yeah. From a modern perspective, since I've really only been in Wolverhampton since we were in the championship, how great would it be to have Jota, even just for three three matches, just to have that combination between Huang, Jimenez and Jota? <laughs> I think that would be absolutely... That would be heartbreaking because we'd have to give him back again after three <laughs> <Yeah>. games. <laughs> he just plays against Man United and Liverpool. And it's just... Oh, I, I can imagine it... it, it it would be devastating. It would be brilliant, but you say it would be devastating. Um, like, just, yeah. I think that was, that's a really sort of thought-provoking one for me. I say it's a free games, one which has uh, sort of pulled me in. Uh, right, one last question. It's a fun one to end on, um, but I'll do for today. And this is where I can't actually find it, guys. Right, um, Chris asks, should Ruben Neves' statue be made out of bronze or pewter? Now, that's not going to be the question we're going to answer, guys, because, you know, we, I don't know much about statues. But what should we make it out of? Because I'm thinking chocolate. Do you know, like at Easter, um, or even actually Christmas, actually, you, you know, we're going to get, like, you know, the moulds of Santa Claus, but a Ruben, a Ruben Neves one. Would quite Are you fit- saying he doesn't... he doesn't deserve to be there forever then, like the statue? No, I just want to eat because it. Because that... <laughs> it's more lick his face. And he feels, this feels like the most socially acceptable way to do it, Kim. <laughs> Fair enough. I could think of worse things. Yeah. I mean, I don't I think you're the only one who wants to eat out. Um... <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. You've added an extra word in there, Blake. I'll go for lick his face. Um, I was say, that feels like a good place to end the show. Or I'm trying to think of other ways how you could make, it, make a statue. Paper mache. Let's make him an animatronic. Yeah, yeah, I'll go for that. Moving everything, you could talk yeah. to supporters as they walk past. That would be brilliant. <laughs> Just for <while> greeting them. <laughs> Maybe he has like a screen, like on his chest, that plays his goals as well. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. See, I think that that could work having with some sort of robot. Or I'm thinking like maybe make him out of le- either Lego or. Ice cream sticks. You can see that I'm the one who gets to read through these questions before you guys and has has an hour to sort of rack my brains around them. Um, do you know what the big thing is? Not what it's made of. Like, what would you do in terms of his hair? Like, would you mm. have it in terms of his like new hair with his hair band? Because I feel like that's getting quite iconic now. Like, yeah, I'm quite liking it. Or would you just have his like standard? When he, I think when he first started, he just had like a standard hair. He's got, new, like, yeah. Bands. Around the sides. Problem is, I do. I definitely like him more with the long hair. However, his most iconic, I guess, shots of him in a wool shirt have been with the short hair. So I'm thinking, mm-hmm. like, the statue would maybe of him doing, I guess, the celebration against Derby, or even the volley itself, or against the one against. Um... Couldn't it be the celebration like this, but with yeah. the long hair? Or does that not work? Oh, see, no, that that's going to piss off people like Stu. Because we like meet, no, no, no. But they'll oh. say he's not done the celebration with that hair. Like you know, that moment wasn't with that hair. And I can see, I can see, I can see um, 
I can see the customers getting upset. And it, it, Do you know it, what we have to wait for? The end of the season, there'll be some hopefully some iconic moments and celebrations from him. So then that'll yeah, be yeah. relevant. I'll go for that. I mean, did he, he didn't redo really one against. I tell you what, okay. It, it, what about against Villa? What did he do well, in it? I can't remember. Exactly. Because I think it was, well, frankly, it was a bit of a heavily deflected goal. Maybe just that shot of all of them. Um, that that could be the statue, but again, it feels a little bit tin pot. If that replicates that, it needs to be about them. Let's just assume that between now and the end of the season, he's gonna score an absolute thunderbolt of a goal. Better and, than Derby, yeah, yeah, better than Derby. Happen. I'm thinking like halfway line, sort of thing. It just picks the goalkeeper off his line, and it'll get us yeah. into the Champions League. And that um, means then we can do the statue. Yeah, with the hair. With the hair. Yeah, there, there we go. We've got, we've got there in the end. We will get the hair in the statue. Um, so help me God. But I feel like that's probably a really sensible place to end the show, and me and Kim can take this offline. Um, but big thanks to everyone who's listened today. Thank you for putting up with us as always. Oh, I just thought I'm going to do a quick shout out to my cousin, um, just because I can. Um, cause he lives in Spain and he listens a lot and he's, um, he came over to England, um, last weekend and I saw him and he mentioned that he listens to the fan cast in his kitchen in Valencia, which made me sort of think, uh, there's, there's probably worse places to listen to the wolf fan cast in Valencia. So I thought I'd just give a bit of a shout out to my cousin, Sam. Um, but anyway, enough of my, you know, family correspondence, um, now for the commercial one so big thanks to our sponsors pixel yeti media go check them out pixelyetimedia.com um big thanks to our podcast community network at 90 min as well um and all the great work that they're doing keep up to date with all things wolves fancast at wolves fancast across twitter facebook instagram um and we'll be back, I think, doing a proper preview of the of the Everton game in the next few days. Um, where we'll kind of go into a bit more detail. Not Everton? Crikey, that's who we've just been talking about. A preview of the Palace game, which we've just been talking about, and go into a little bit more detail and hopefully find, um, I guess, a bit more up-to-date and relevant news going into the weekend's game. But until then, it's goodbye from Blake. See you, everybody. It's goodbye from Kim. Bye-bye. And it's goodbye from me. See you next time. Whatever you're saving up for, a CD from Sandy Spring Bank lets you grow your savings at a guaranteed rate. Right now, earn interest at 5.00% APY on an 8-month CD special or 4.25% APY on a 14-month CD special. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com slash specials. Minimum opening deposit to earn the annual percentage yield is $500 for the 8-month CD special and $2,500 for the 14-month CD special. Member FDIC.